Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits. Thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I ask that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our transgressions, our shortcomings, Lord, those things that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm asking that you watch over this group especially. I'm asking that you watch over others in the body of Christ, Lord, that may be dealing with things. Lord, I'm asking that you protect the minds, Lord, and, and the hearts of those that don't understand about this spiritual warfare. Lord, I feel like this group is under attack. I feel like the enemy is trying to make his way. And Lord, I'm asking that you protect and shield every single one of us. I'm asking that you bless Sarah, Lord, and everything with her life. Whatever attacks come against her, Lord, I'm asking that you stand. You stand, Lord, and you protect her. I'm asking that you look over Andrew, Lord, in his life, where the enemy may be trying to attack him. I'm asking that you look after Ryan and his family and everything and Holly and Eric, Lord, Martin and Laura who aren't here, Dan and Tracy and Karen and everyone, Lord, little Jacob, all those who can't be here, Lord, but we know that they serve you and we know that they love you. I'm asking that you protect them and their families and their minds. Keep them focused on the goal. Keep us headed, Lord, towards your spiritual cleanliness and all that you desire for your people. May our past be made plain, Lord, so that we won't fall victim, Lord, and become confused. So, Lord, I'm asking right now that you bless Jake and all that he's going through, where he's hurting, Lord. You know that finances are a spiritual thing. You know that physical health is a, is a thing, Lord, that the enemy will try and attack. And I'm asking, Lord, that you shield and you bind those demons today. So, Lord, we come against tonight every foul spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, Every spirit of confusion, every spirit, Lord, that is anti-Christ, that goes against your people, Lord, I'm asking that it be bound today in the name of Jesus, for you are the, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the only true God, worthy to be praised. Lord, have your Holy Ghost come upon this group, that we be protected and shielded in all ways, and that we may not have a spirit of disobedience, but we may follow you and do all that you call us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, you know, today's study, again, is going to be Baphomet, uh, the New Age, and the New World Order. Uh, this is the second part. Uh, one of the interesting things I'm recognizing is that, you know, if we really aren't careful, the enemy will attack us in every way that he possibly can. You know, I think that when you're going the right way for the Lord, the funny thing is, is that, you know, I think that's the only time that Satan really fears you as a group. Satan is not really worried about numbers. You know, he worries about quality more so than quantity. And I believe even the Lord understands this is why, you know, he knows that there are going to be few in the end times that are seeking the truth, doing everything that the Lord calls us to do. You know, I think that the Lord wants everyone to be saved. The Bible says that. But we know that 
a lot of people aren't going to be. And at times, we're going to have to be strong enough to do what he calls us to do because this thing is just so real, you know? He really wants to hurt the people of God. I believe Satan also knows those that have potential. I believe he knows those that if they were just to have a little material, you know, a little financial backing, a little whatever, that these people, there would be nothing that would stop them from doing the will of the Lord. And I think that in many cases, he doesn't fear the big rich churches because many of them are not, you know, they're not against Satan. So he has nothing to worry about concerning them. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of um, people that are going to let us down in this life. It's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to have to deal with. And you know what? we got to be strong enough to stay on the path and do what the Lord calls us to do. You know, we're going to get some real surprises. So I want to hand out a couple of things, too, because I, uh, I know last week you and Holly weren't here. But uh, let's see. Yeah, we got a bunch of stuff. I wish uh, Martin and Laura could have made it, but I know what they're doing, man. They really, you know, is important. They got to go down to the, uh, all right, come on. So, I mean, has everyone's week been good and all and, you know, any issues? What's that? It's been going pretty good. Yeah. You know, no drama, no questions about the Bible or any of that. That's been interesting is that at our, at our church we go to, We've been, uh, actually before our pastor started talking about this, uh, we've been wanting to do kind of like a family intervention sort of thing or just a, or, or something along those lines with, with uh, someone close to us. And um, it's interesting that our pastor's been preaching on that. And this is obviously God talking to us in a real heavy need for us to do something about this, so right. <clears throat> that's been kind of on our hearts. Pass around um, yeah, because we've already seen them. So Sarah, Andrew, and I have been there. Yeah, I, I mean, if you three, so. you you know what it is. All right, cool. So, yeah, but um, no, I hear what you're saying. So you want to be more active, is what you're saying, in the body, or no, 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 with someone specific in our family. Mm -hmm. who has strayed from their faith. Right. We want to help them to realize the error of their bad ways mm -hmm. and come back. There was a big family, um, what would you call it, a blow-up? Well, they're letting, uh, they're letting a sin. Yeah, letting a sin control the best of them. them, and so and vice versa, it's controlling the family dynamic. Right. And there are believers that makes it legitimate for a fellow yeah. brother to another brother. You have to, you have to feel a... Absolutely. I mean, you know, I know it's not my business, but um, is it possible, like, when you said it's like affecting the family, is it that everyone wants to pull together? Or is it that this person being around might offend um, the family? Is why no one says anything? Or is it something like that? Or... No, it's, so it's my older brother. Oh, okay. And so he he has been the the anchor when it comes to faith-based things. Mm -hmm. Like he's a good leader when it comes to that. Right. And so growing up with him, I have a younger brother too, and I'm the middle child. 
Right. There's three of us. And so our parents are believers, but not, they don't like follow it as much as they should. No, right. Um, so my brother has been kind of like the, the leader in that sense. And then he would tell us, me and my younger brother, oh, well, you better not do this, and you better not do that. And he's the holier than thou oh, kind yeah. of guy. <laughs> yeah. So then he, um, I don't know, was it like when we got married or something like that? Something like that. All of a sudden he just kind of changed his attitude mm-hmm. about his faith mm-hmm. um, in the sense of he was jealous that I got married before him. And mm-hmm. I'm having a baby before him, and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm his baby sister. Right. So it's like he's got this kind of attitude and jealousy going on. Right. So and vice versa, he hooked up with this girl. Um, her name's Sarah, and <laughs> <laughs> she's really nice. I love her to death. She was actually my friend. Right. <laughs> and so then they decided because of family circumstances that they wanted to move in together. Right. So we were like, okay, probably not a good idea, especially if you're saying, you know, you should wait. You know, <laughs> right. We waited, like, I lived with my dad for two years. He yeah. lived with his brother in their same bedroom they grew up in for two years. <laughs> you know, we waited to live together until we got married. Right. And, you know, my older brother was like, you better not move in together. You know what I mean? So he was the one saying that, being all, that way, and right. then all of a sudden, oh, you just move in with her, and now it's fine, <laughs> and no one can say anything to you, right. and it's fine. So that's kind of the gist of it. That's but what's going on. The other person is also a Christian, the other Sarah, and so it's like, okay, well, you guys are making excuses right. to be like that, and they're like, well, we, we struggled for da-da-da-da, and she's been married before and divorced, and so it's okay. It's right. like, well, we struggled, too. It's like, mm-hmm. not living together. It's hard to have a relationship with, you know, a serious relationship. You know. But I believe you guys are blessed because, you know, you did wait and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, you can just see, like, the Lord all over you guys. Absolutely. I mean, you guys are really like a blessed marriage. And, um, you know, that that's a hard struggle for a lot of people that mm-hmm. are believers. But, you know, they we fall to our you know, wants and needs and things like that. But, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice for sure. One of the, one of the issues though that that has kind of come up with this is that Holly's mom is doing the exact same thing. She's doing the same thing. Right. So, she can't say anything. Yeah, she can't. Because she's in the same sin. And my younger brother is now like, oh, it's okay, I'll do that too. Because he just follows whatever he Mm-hmm. We're pretty much the only people so, that can say anything to them. So you're like wondering what your responsibility is in it? The trouble is, is that her older brother is not one to take criticism well, and he tends to blow up and become quite a problem. Right. He gets really. So that's what I was saying. We really had a family blow up, and he blew up at me and attacked me and <clears> said, <throat> I'm the bad one, and it's my fault. And yeah. I'm just like, it's my fault I'm having a baby? Like, <laughs> it actually sounds well, I mean, like, he's he's blaming me, like, you're, make, you're making me uncomfortable because you're pregnant. And on top of like, all this, I'm not going to apologize for being pregnant. He spent a lot of time <laughs> searching for his soulmate. Oh, no, actually, mm. like, 
Like one of the, along with this stuff too, he's been changing so much with his faith. With he's looking around for things. I mean, like when when we first got together, he was going to a Lutheran church. Then he started going to a, an Orthodox church. Now he's going to be a Catholic. Oh man. So yeah. he, he, I don't know. I, I never heard anybody joining a Catholic See, church. See, he didn't have he didn't have any like focus. No. On what he wants. Sounded like his faith was based on conditions. Like as long as everything was going fine, his faith was yeah. fine. And as soon as things kind of changed a little bit, yeah. he got shaken. You know. And that's just like our mom. Yeah, that's kind of it's like exactly what, how my mom is. Yeah. So yeah. maybe since he saw her doing that. I think sometimes what goes into like we have the body, soul, and spirit teachings. I think that a lot of the times when we really question our faith, it's more of a thing of you know, how I feel, you know, I'm, right. I'm soulish, yeah. right. not that's as spiritual, true. because yeah. when you're spiritual, you're going to do what the Lord tells you to do, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to just feel good, and of course we've all trespassed, of course mm -hmm. we've all done things that we shouldn't do, you know, but, um, yeah, I think, like, you guys should pray and ask the Lord what your responsibility is in it, because I feel like, you know, you, you too, the fact that you recognize that you're the two, that can really say something because you wouldn't be hypocrites in doing mm -hmm. so. Right. You guys have actually walked it out. So, I mean, the power of the Lord is going to be with you because there's no one that can say, oh, yeah, right. Like, I don't know what you guys, you know, used to live together before we did. So, you know, hey, um, I would pray about it. I would ask for the Lord to give you the words. But, you know, it, his issue may seem a little deeper, like um, more like, you know, that filling that void in his life. Like, there's a void there that's not even about the girl he's seeing. It's not even about all the other things. It's his relationship with the Lord yeah. that's in question. And yeah. you know what happens when you bounce around a lot of churches? You know, a lot of them don't give you the whole truth concerning what the Lord desires for you. So people find themselves hopping because they're just not hitting that core spot. He's looking for a feeling. That's essentially what it is. Mm -hmm. That's why he goes to a Catholic church is because there's a certain feel to it mm -hmm. that he likes. He likes the, the reverence of, of the things they are, the old ways, the fact that they can go back so far mm -hmm. with, he likes the with their history and everything. That right. He likes how organized I, things are. Like but like in my family. Mm -hmm. You're not getting any meat there. You're not getting anything. Right. In the Catholic Church, you're getting nothing. You're getting the same repetitive things that you don't. Yeah. I, I've that is the most dead church I have ever seen as a Catholic Church. There. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You could fall asleep in there and no one would notice. I mean, that's a, to, like, even like we've been, we've been to a couple of their Christmas service services right. before. Mm -hmm. They use the same uh, every year. They use the same exact. Mm -hmm. uh, Schedule. It's the same songs, everything. It's the same. Right. It's the same one they had the year before. Mm -hmm. They tell you to go put it like in a pile, and they bring it back out the next year. You right. can see it wrinkled up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's uh, unbelievable. And they don't even allow like we were like literally sitting in the stairwell because there was nowhere to sit. Yeah, well, they invited us to go. I just want to check. And it then out. I was Where, like, this so. is not right. And then there was like these young, nothing, these young boys <laughs> like sitting in the front row. So yeah, that's what we're that's kind of what we're dealing with. But it's just really been interesting. The last couple uh, Sundays there, our pastor has been talking about this. And mm -hmm. It's been really interesting because 
before he was talking about this, I was thinking about this a lot because it's been bothering me a bunch because I know that he's going down the wrong path this way right. and he's justifying it in his mind. Mm -hmm. Well, and then also, like, to he's not him, feeling bad about so, it. So, like, Eric is coming into it. Like, I've known my brother my whole life. I've known my brother. Right. We were two years apart. So, he's, he's changed a lot, but I know deep down this is not what he wants. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, as his sister is know it's like I feel like it's my place I know Eric's speaking what he thinks mm -hmm. but on this particular thing it's like Eric's been more adamant about it but it's because I'm afraid really what could happen me because I yeah. feel like it should be me right. it should be us I mean we're the example but it should be me to do it because I'm his sister I'm the one that knows him better I'm the one that has seen him before Eric was around and how he reacted to other there's been other things that he's done. That so, right. that too. You may even have to get, if he allows you in, you may even have to get to the basis as to why he's doing it because there's always a why behind why somebody's, it, it may not necessarily be you, it may That's be something. Said. I think he blames you, but I, I think it's deeper myself. And he blamed well, me on too. He was the one, like you said, that was always on the right path of faith, right? Yeah. But then you surpassed him by actually doing what the Bible says, but I mean, I mean, it's like it's like those people who study the Bible for thirty years, and then you bring something up to them that they don't, they never knew, and then they get mad at you and say it's and just throw it out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. this whole this, yeah. this whole time though, there's something say, though. there's something that's attacking him and mm -hmm. making him have Rebellious. a problem here, because yeah. for one. And it really bothers me, this really bothers me, is that if any believer out there can constantly say uh, the Lord's name uh, in vain all the time, like, mm -hmm. right. yeah. GD, I'm not going to say it, that's wrong, but, right. uh, but he says it all the time. Mm -hmm. well, Dad says it all the time, uh, says it all the time, says it all the time. There's deeper things going on here, and there's got to be some sort of a... Uh, I agree, you know, um, it's definitely um, <coughs> demonic influence. Anytime that we're not doing what the Lord calls us to do, that doesn't mean demon-possessed. It means right. under the influence of demons. You know, something has got him rebellious. I believe he's hurting in certain places that, you know, he probably needs the Lord to fill mm -hmm. that void. But you know what's what's really funny about it is sometimes when people stray like this, it's because... They never really had that relationship to begin with. Mm -hmm. They felt good in doing what the Bible says, but them, them, they themselves have never, Lord, come into my life. Lord, what should I do about this situation? Well, he has. I, oh, he I, has. I was there with him. Okay. So, yeah. I mean. So see, that's what I'm saying. I literally, our faith is, right. we grew in our faith together. Right. Because so I mean, for me, I know that I was very, I know as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I was there. Right. I witnessed it. Oh, yeah. As a kid, I remember like, praying a lot, too. This is like when we were 12 and 14 years right. old. Right. I remember praying a lot, too, though, when I was young and everything. I was baptized at 12. But I, I'm going to tell you firsthand, I mean, I would go out and defend the Lord in arguments and things like that. But one, I didn't know the Bible, two. I had no relationship. I didn't really know the Lord until about, I'd say about 35. That was when, you know, I'm 40 now, but I was about 35, 36 when the Lord really came on me 
where I'm like, you know what, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And from that moment on, I began to like try and build that relationship. Oh, gotcha. So you're saying he still hasn't found what he needs to do? Exactly. Because that's always been the struggle. He's never been around other believers. Right. That's Mm -hmm. one of the big things, too, is that you have to be around, like how these Bible studies are. Mm -hmm. You're building... Mm -hmm. We have to meet on a regular basis. If we don't, then if you're just going by yourself, if you're out there by yourself, the lone wolf Christian, you're never going to grow on your faith. You have to be encouraged by one another. Right. Iron sharpening iron, you know, as the Bible says. That's so true. You Um, may have been his trigger, but it's not your fault. Right. And I would ask the Lord what your responsibility is in this. I would wait for the words from him. To be because able to conquer this, of how it usually is. right? So that's yeah. why I'm like, okay, you know how the it says to uh, to go and talk to them, go talk to them just one on one, and then if that doesn't go well, then take two, or maybe take the one other person or maybe two people with you and talk to them. If that doesn't work, then take it to have a group of people meet with them. And that, right. That, 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 right. Because see, this wrong. can actually go two ways. Like I know you said you know your brother better. You know, oh, than anyone. In the sense of, right, it of says you in there to be to be a person that knows them on a closer relationship. Right, right, very true. But yeah. you know that what I'm saying is that can go two ways. Is because I know people that when they hear from a younger sibling or whatever, it's almost like you don't know more than me. And even mm-hmm. if you say. Hey, I got this. You know what their answer is? But you're younger. Oh, but yeah, but I can show you this. But you're younger. That's their answer. That's why it was hard for you to to do what you had to do concerning your family. Because, you know, well, you're the younger. And Ryan dealt with it, too, with his family. You know? And, And it's like, well, yeah, I understand, but... There's no way in the world my son or daughter or little sister is going to teach me. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that that's, that's sometimes a strong man that can do that. Sometimes that. it may take, you know, an outside source to yeah. the family, another man, you know, to say, hey, bro, hey, I got all the respect in the world for you, but this is what's going on in your life, you know, or, you know, hey, talk to me. What's going on? So you know, have to be gentle with it, though. Absolutely. The other part of it, too, is, is Sarah. She, I feel like she has a stronghold on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, so ever since she's been around, I'll just sum it up. I don't hear from my brother. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're really close. Mm-hmm. We're really close until I got married, and then all of a sudden, no. And then now he's with her, and so she just like she'll text me, she'll call me. I don't hear from him, and it's like that's really weird. So it seems like she's the one. That's controlling him. Yeah. Well, I know, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. So maybe I need to talk to her, and Eric needs to talk to him. Mm-hmm. That, that, might, that could work, but I would I would pray about it. I would ask the Lord what your yeah. responsibility is in it. Because I don't feel like it's you know? just him, though. Right. I feel like I need, we need to talk to her, too. Well, the Bible always talks about binding the strong man. So right. if she's the strong man of that stronghold, then, yeah, she would have to be conquered first before you even think about oh, going to him. Because if she's got his heart, you know, and she can actually say things that would influence him. She does all so, the time. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to do things a little different um, today. I know I gave the title already, but I think every week when we meet up, like someone should come up with a psalm or something they might have been reading. You know, that way we can all introduce something to, um. 
liven the body, you know, get everyone active. I know at some point, um, you know, I think we'll all be teaching because I can tell you guys now from my experience and seeing the group and, you know, being here leading the studies is that everyone here is capable of teaching. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that straight out. I mean, you know, it was a funny thing because Martin is always like a cool, calm and collective guy. Last week we were talking about, um, you know, how music itself Satan likes to use. And I remember talking to Martin a while back about a um, something that, uh, that the Nazis did, you know, back in World War II, where they were able to change the hertz of music from 432 to 440, which would throw a person off, like have you kind of, you know, it'll change your mood or it'll mess with you and everything. I didn't remember the whole story, but I remember asking Martin about it because I remember him telling us. And I mean, you know, Martin got smooth on it. You know, it was just like, hey, well, this is what you have to do and this is whatever. And then he related it to the Bible. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the only way that I come out with these studies is not because, you know, I know a whole lot or I'm special with the word. It's got nothing to do with that. I do things related to the issues that I know of. You know, so you could very easily take something. Let's just say we're talking about the New World Order. Let's just say we're talking about music. We can be talking about fixing cars. If somehow it relates to the Word of God or what we understand, you can present a whole lesson like that. You know, and, and so I know that the potential is there for everybody to do it. We would never push anyone to, but we would like to think at the end, you know, or you know, as we progress, that we'll all be sitting in this chair or in another chair. We get a bigger building, you know, who knows? But, you know, we'll all have that opportunity to do the body of Christ, do the work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that we all should learn. I mean, I have teachers still. There's people I call and I talk to when I do things. I learn from everyone here every week. You know, like when Holly mentioned about, you know, Goodwill, you know, they the Mormons oh, yeah. own them. Yeah. You know, and you, you talked about what's going on with TriMed, the military facilities and things like that. You know, so I'm learning something. Even Andrew brought up a great point last week. Mm -hmm. He said after the talk, like after we had done this, because I was telling Andrew about the, um, what is that Baphomet thing? But we were talking about how that, right. You know, when you look here. How, you know, this is the kundalini thing here around the phallus symbol that it's supposed to intertwine like this until it touches the third eye, you know, and above. And that's why you'll see like the Indian women, you know, paint that red dot, you know, whatever. over. That's supposed to be here where you're able to see into the spirit realm. But somehow Andrew was um, thinking about it and he was able to link this with the caduceus. Now, I, I understood that that was the case, but... He's absolutely right. The medical symbol is interesting because it um, this really is the whole experience about getting to your higher self, the third eye, and everything that they want to do. So we'll pass these out in a minute, but, you know, Andrew found something, and I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is the goal right here. I should just pass these out right now, but we're going to get into a, a scripture. What's that? Yeah. Absolutely. It's all the same. Oh man, I can't even. Anybody got better hands than me to get through? Well, yeah, and I always, I always remember the medical symbol, symbol of that. Oh yeah. I've seen that. That's weird. All right. 
Okay. Sure, yeah. All right, yeah, because I only made five, but not a problem. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, we so it. we'll get into what's up. We got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll get into a psalm real quick. Anybody know one or we pick wrote, out one? I wrote Sarah one. wrote one, so we'll hear hers out. But speak loud enough so you can be heard. Okay. No country talk. I'm well, just kidding. I, Good. Read it, okay. I call this uh, my prayer psalm. Heavenly Father, I come humble before you today, asking you to please forgive me of all my evil ways, asking for your guidance as I walk this path, that I will always look forward and never look back. Heavenly Father, please give me your strength for this, I pray, because the enemy attacks me each and every day. Lord, I know that without you I could not breathe, so give me, you, give, you have given me your life, so let your light shine through me. Lord Jesus, you died on the cross so that all might live. But in doing so, you also showed us how we should forgive. Lord, please keep me humble and submissive in all I do, because all the praise, glory, and honor belongs to you. Yeah, that was good. And Sarah just comes up with this stuff, and I mean, it's just, you know, on point with what we're dealing with and what we're going through. Uh, let's go to Psalm 64. We'll read that real quick. But yeah, we want everyone to use their gifts here. I mean, I don't care what it is. If they feel like, you know, you feel like it's something you want to present, even if it's a headline of something we might not have seen or heard, mm -hmm. you know, we're interested in all of that. We're one body. You there, Psalm 64? All right. Yep. Okay, it says, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune on laying snares privily, they say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities, they accomplish a diligent search. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow, and suddenly they shall be wounded. So they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Amen. What we look for there is they're actually speaking of those that want to war against the Lord, you know, and one thing about Psalms, you know, it's really important. I want to do a study on them because I can't speak for everybody. But when I say these, there's something that goes through me where I have more faith in what the Lord wants to do. You can fight battles just with Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, mm -hmm. you know, that the Lord can actually clean the air, you know, and, and get you back on track. But you see, you know, David is, was speaking about things that he had dealt with. David was a man of war. You know, he might have been a man of God, but he was a man of war. And I'll tell you, his faith came from the experiences that the Lord delivered him from. You know, that's where if you look at these Psalms, I mean, you can clearly tell that David loves the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you got to really, this will make you check your heart <laughs> with his 
Because, man, I mean, this guy cries out. You know, he talks about, Lord, strengthen me. Do this. You'll make my enemies my footstool. And I mean, you know, so this is someone that's speaking of faith. So I would recommend a psalm every day. Every week we come together, you know, run through these, you know, and we'll go with it. So right now, we're actually going to get into something I um, saw not too long ago. But, you know, the study again is Baphomet, the New Age. And the New World Order. Um, yeah, I saw an interesting article that uh, Paul Washer, he's a Baptist minister. I agree with most of what he says. There's some things I, you know, I don't just I don't agree with, but you're gonna find that. You know, it doesn't mean that he's not a believer or anything like that. But you know, I think that people have their own interpretation on things. But I think what he said here was spot on. So listen to this. The churches in America are going to suffer terribly. We laugh now, but they will come after us. They will come after our children. They will close the net around us while we are playing soccer mom and soccer dad. While we are arguing over so many little things and mesmerized over so many trinkets, you know, like the, uh, you know, iPads, iPhones, whatever, you know, um, the net even now is closing around you and your children and your grandchildren, and it does not cause you to fear. So in other words, you know, when people know this, they don't care. You know, uh, you will be isolated from society, as has already happened. Anyone who tries to run for office who actually believes the Bible will be considered a lunatic until we are finally silenced. That doesn't mean death. It means like silenced as in, you know, Christianity is just going to be this thing where, you know, it's going to be laughable. Like, we'll be like the old dinosaur if they could have it their way. Okay. Um, okay, finally they are silenced. All right. Um, we will be called things that we are not and persecuted, not for being followers of Christ, but for being radical fundamentalists who do know, who do know the true way of Christ, which is, which of course is love and tolerance. You'll go down as the greatest bigots and haters of mankind in history. Now, you guys know that this is already happening. Oh, yeah. You know, people think yeah, that we're the, in, right, like we're the intolerable bunch. They'll already come after your children, and for most of you, they got them. They got them through the public schools and indoctrination in the universities, and then you wonder why your children come out not serving the Lord. It's because you've led them, I mean, you fed them right into the devil's mouth. So little by little, the net is closing, and then it's not little by little. Look how fast things are going downhill just in a matter of weeks. You know, Ryan pointed out, um, I don't know if anybody had saw it, what was it, a debate oh, yeah. that was going on, presidential, presidential debate, debates. but, you know, he was talking about how all of the presidents, they all wanted war. They're all looking forward for this World War III. Mm -hmm. But now they're using ISIS as some type of um, springboard. Yeah. You know, they're, they're attacks against ISIS. And I mean, come on, ISIS, they're only doing what they're told to do. We're paying you know? them. Exactly. We're so, funding them. Right. I so, had a guy today come in the branch and talked all about how he's getting all the gear ready. For the see, war. She'd be a great spy. How we got all the info? Oh, no, he's on our <laughs> side. Oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's basically like he's basically let's put it this way. He's like the grocer 
of the grocery store in old days. Oh, okay. He, like, takes care of all the gear, and he orders it all, and buys all the stuff. Wow. He takes care of the right house. He's, He's like, telling me what he has in there. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a supply person. Yeah, they've got some stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's my fun name part. He thinks it's fun. But yeah, he was literally talking about that today. Wow. Yeah. And about this ISIS. Is, yeah. We're using it as a ploy to start the war. Mm-hmm. And this is what it's all about. Now, see, I'm somebody He's on like, the outside. On <laughs> right. I'm someone on the outside that doesn't even know, you know, any of this stuff. But it's funny how the Lord just brings things to your attention. When you understand the nature of the beast... I mean, you know, his signature is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Every time he does something, the Hegelian dialectic, you have create the problem, you know, and come with the solution. You know, you have thesis, antithesis, and then they come with synthesis. But you got both sides being paid just to get the desired effect that they're looking for. You know, and, and people fall for this stuff, and I know we used to. Okay, but it says, uh, at the same time, know this. Persecution is always meant for evil, but God always means it for good. And is it not better to suffer in this life to have an extra weight of glory in heaven? You must settle this in your mind. Down through history, you have a wrong idea of martyrdom and persecution. You see this all the time, and I believe that that's why there are people that believe in the pre-trib rapture. You know, because their their idea of martyrdom is just so false. You know, they feel like, no, well, if God loves me, then I should be safe through everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll be safe doing his will until your time is up. If the Lord chooses to spare us through all of this, which we hope he does, of course, then he does. But we should never be so fooled by something that's not going to happen. But, you know, you want it to be because in your heart, you're too afraid to go down to deal with this. You know, and that's what you find people doing. If your desires don't match up with God's word, what ends up happening is you will find a false savior or a false doctrine, you know, to run to. And that's what fear does. And that's why the Bible says the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Mm-hmm. Because when you're afraid, you'll do things that you wouldn't normally do. So we can be controlled that way. Okay, um, Okay, their idea of martyrdom uh, and persecution. You think that these Christians were martyred and persecuted for their sincere faith in Jesus Christ. Although that was the real reason, no one heard that publicly. They were martyred and persecuted as enemies of the state, as child molesters, as bigots, as narrow-minded, stupid people who had uh, fallen for for a ruse and can contribute nothing to society. So that's why I tell people, be careful with those Amber Alerts. We all love to cheer that on when we get one. Oh, man, yeah, they finally got the guy. You don't even know if that guy was a man of God running for his life. They're going to try and vilify all of us eventually, okay? Because that's how you get the system to work for you. That's why they said here, an enemy of the state. Okay, um, let's see. Four ways around. That's right. Exactly. Our suffering will not be noble, so your mind must be filled with the word of God. When all people persecute you and turn on you, as the spirit of God and common grace pulls back, you will see even your children and grandchildren tossing in their lot that you should die. Now, 
some people would think this guy, Paul Washer, was crazy about that. But, you know, just to prove this point, let's go to Luke 21 real quick. Okay, let's start at um, 11, uh, 21.11, or 21.12, I'll say. You guys there? All right. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Uh, settle it, therefore, in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, uh, which, all, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist, nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed by both parents and brethren and kinsfolks, kinsfolk and, and uh, friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. So this guy is only repeating what the Bible is saying. And I mean, these are the words of Jesus. So this is how thick this is going to get. And you know, I'm not trying to preach doom and gloom because I don't think this is going to be every family. I believe that the Lord is just saying, this is how fine it's going to get. And that's why if you guys, you know, feel responsible for going after your brother and brother-in-law and telling them what needs to be said, hey, by all means, let the Holy Ghost be with you to do it. Because, you know, our home cannot afford to not have the Holy Ghost involved when this stuff really hits the fan. You know, we all need to be on one accord. So, you know, I agree. You express it with love. You say what you need to say. But remember, if you can't bring a person to the Lord or that person is not with the Lord, that's another enemy against you. So, you know, you guys, hey, you know, like you're trying to save his life. That's pretty much what you're doing. Because when you go to one doctrine, you go into another little by little. You know, some people just say, well, I'll just be an atheist. So, you know, you want to be with them, you know, through it. You want to help pull them out of it. You know, may the Lord be with you guys to break that strong man, you know, and free them. Okay. Um, let's see where I am. Okay. Must be filled with the word of God when all people persecute you and turn on you. And the spirit of God and common grace pulls back. You will see even your children and grandchildren tossing in their lot that you should die. This is no game. You want revival and awakening, but know this. For the most part, great awakenings have come only preceding great national catastrophes and the persecution of the church. I believe God is bringing a great awakening, but I believe he is raising up young men and women who are strong and trust in the providence of God to be able to wade through the hell that is going to break loose on us. And it will be on us before we can even recognize it. Unless in God's providence he is not done. This is not silly talk. Apart from um, a great awakening, uh, this things, I guess they meant to say these things, are going to come upon you. 
be ready to lose your homes, your cars, and everything you have. Now, I mean, you know, that would sound depressing to someone who was carnally minded. But the Lord Jesus Christ says to set your affections on high and not be low, which means we can enjoy the things of this life. But if we should ever have to walk away from it, just know that, hey, our treasures are not based here. You know, it's good to have these things, but, you know, just because you got a car or a house, that doesn't symbolize who you are. If you're in the Lord, you know, hey, <laughs> that's where you put your treasure. The Lord said, where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. Because, you know, what's in your heart is what you're going to cling to. So now we'll get into the lesson. But I just thought that that was interesting because I do believe that there are going to be people that, you know, the Lord is going to raise up. It's going to go right back to the book of Exodus where you had... Uh, groups of people, um, you know, that died in the wilderness, an older generation. They didn't want to fight. They didn't want to go into the land and take it. They lacked faith. Where the Lord had to wait for a whole new generation to come on and to do it. And what I'm finding with these teachings is it's the younger people that are really grasping it. You know, the older people that have been in church for 50 years, they don't want to hear this stuff. Yeah, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you can like say his, something else, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, you like know, the people that, that they're set in their ways, they mm -hmm. don't want to change. Like right. they're on a fixed they're income, on they a don't fixed want to do anything. <laughs> but, but just know that you guys can make a difference. Um, Sarah had that same battle with family, you know. And, I mean, she kept going to the point where I think it was one thing you said, you and your dad went outside to talk. Oh, yeah. It was that serious where they were. Sister's yeah, tell your story. Back in May, I went home from my younger nephew's high school graduation and, uh, we were over at my sister and brother-in-law's house, and my dad and I just started talking about, you know, different Bible versions and whatnot. My sister comes in the room, she's like, there's not going to be any of that talk in my house. So we got up and went outside, <laughs> stood on the front porch and kept talking. Like, we're going to finish this thing. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like... That's right. Let's go to Ephesians 5 real quick. But the good thing is, is that uh, over the course of time, like a few months ago, my dad sent me an email about something. And I was at work and I wasn't even near my Bible, but because the Lord had given me scripture, I was able to send him scripture back to the email and say, this is what this means, this is what this means, this is what, and it, it, I could tell it's like the Lord started breaking that strong man. And then a couple of months ago, he actually said that him and my mom had actually started questioning their faith as far as like what they had been doing. So it's like it's like the Lord started breaking that breaking it down. It was subtle and that's why we gotta believe in the spirit of God because if we're in the spirit of church, you know, some people have really taken the pastor and replaced you know, they take they took Jesus off the throne and just put the pastor there. Right. You know, the pastor knows what's best. And you know, it's just like we read in that um study we had in the last days about the false prophet. The Lord Jesus told them, when you see Jerusalem compassed with armies, to flee. But those people stuck around because a false prophet, like a, a minister, said, no, well, stick around. You know, the Lord will deliver us. So, you know, we got to get out of that religious mindset and be into the spirit of God. Even our pastor jokes about that. What, about people? He's, he's, he knows it all. 
Oh, he's just joking. He oh, jokes around, but it's right. still kind of like. Right? No, a lot of pastors. Are, <laughs> a lot of pastors are really like, scared, it's though. Funny, but I'm just like, a lot of pastors are really scared. They don't want to lose their five hundred one c three. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, in the, so. And then he was even saying, "It's like, well, this is my livelihood, and you know, this is my life, and all that stuff." And I'm like, "Aren't you willing to lose all that?" That's right, mm-hmm. because you can't tell other people to have faith. And you have none. You can't even teach on faith. Right. The only way you teach on faith is if you have faith yourself. You know, if you're lacking faith, how do you teach everyone else? Mm-hmm. You're going to do what I do? <laughs> I mean, so we'll start at uh, Ephesians 5, verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Uh, to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done um, of them in secret. So you know one thing about a lot of these people that we deal with, a lot of these fake ministers, a lot of, you know, the Freemasons and these other occult groups around the world, you know, Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, there's always this secret. There's always this certain level when you get to you learn more truth. Mm-hmm. You can never do enough work for them because you've got to yeah. constantly prove yourself. You know, well, the Lord is saying here that he's done nothing in secret. The Lord does things out in the open because he's got nothing to hide. That's why he's saying have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Because along with secret, there is darkness. Okay, uh, 13. But all things that are, are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise. From the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So what we understand here, and well, I'll go with sixteen, redeeming the redeeming the time because the days are evil. So the Lord is telling everyone, you walk circumspectly. That means to walk in a circle, looking around you. You know where some people would say, well, you know, if you're looking around, that means you don't have faith that the Lord would protect you. The Bible here is telling you because of the days being evil, that means we are to know what's going on around us. Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So what is that saying? It's wise to understand the time and what we're dealing with and what's going on. Pay attention. That's right. When Jesus says, if you can see, when you see Jerusalem compassed with armies, he gave them a sign. Flee into the wilderness. But what did people do? They listened to this false prophet you know, they didn't want to leave the things that they had. They right. loved being in Jerusalem. They couldn't see themselves living outside of Jerusalem. So they stayed. And, you know, the Roman Empire, they did some mm-hmm. brutal things. You know, I, I encourage people to get the book of Josephus. But Isn't that it, just like anything that's a distraction? Oh, yeah. On a basis? Absolutely. I was literally thinking about that. This is funny we're talking about. Uh-huh. I was literally thinking about that sitting at my desk today at work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I'm sitting here, like, working away, just, you know, doing my thing, mm-hmm. like, not paying attention to what's going on. <laughs> just enjoying yourself. I wasn't enjoying myself. I was just, you know, you get into the mode of doing the same thing over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do the same thing every day over and over and over. Oh, yeah. All day long. You know, so constantly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, look around and pay attention to what I'm doing. And that's one thing we got to understand about what we're up against. You know, a lot of people think with this whole thing, it's flesh and blood. And you know what? 
I mean, I believe that the Antichrist is called a beast because anything outside of God is a beast. Anything that isn't touched in that place where, you know, the spirit is, you are a beast. I mean, why? You can't reason with a beast. Now, Obama is probably the biggest liar I've ever seen on TV. But you listen to this guy will say something. And then a few months later, people will question him about it. And he'll say he didn't say it. Now, how are you going to convince him that he did? You can't reason with the beast. What you know, but... saying right now on the State of the Union address? Absolutely. Yeah, Let's go... crying last week. Oh, yeah. Crocodile tear, Obama. Yeah. Let's go to... Um, we're going to go to Daniel 2 real quick. I want to shed light on what we're up against and the type of mentality that we're... Uh, you know, that we're dealing with. Daniel 2, and I believe we'll start at... Let's Actually, I want to go to Daniel 7. It's Daniel 7, guys. Sorry. And we'll start at verse 1. Chapter 7, verse 1. first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and vision of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum, and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my, in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up uh, from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet of as a man, made it stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. Now we understand here that we're talking about Nebuchadnezzar because he was the head of the Babylonian empire. Now everybody knows what he went through concerning um, being puffed up with pride you know, about that, you know, he didn't need God or he himself was a type of Antichrist. So we'll go to Daniel 4. And we're going to read up on this a little bit just to um, go through the changes that he went through. Okay, it's Daniel uh, 4 and 15. But remember, when Nebuchadnezzar refused to serve the Lord, he was turned into a beast for seven years, I believe. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Daniel 4, 15. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even with a hand, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth. 
Let his heart be changed from a man's, and let a beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. This matter is by uh, the decree uh, of the watchers, and, and the demand by the word of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to what, whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the beast of men. So, you know, this was the turn that Nebuchadnezzar went through. This guy actually grew hair. His nails grew really long. He was out in the field with the animals because this guy, you know, was so puffed up in pride that he refused God. So we know when people are puffed up in pride, there's no way for God to get to you. You can only be truly repentant as when you're touched in the spirit. That's why you have the body, spirit, and soul. You have the remorse. You have the repentance. I mean, well, you have the regret. You have the remorse. And then there's the repentance, where a lot of people think that they feel repentance towards God, or if they've repented, they first have to be in the spirit to even understand what that's about. Where a lot of people think that they feel repentant, they actually feel remorse. You know, it's about what you've done to yourself, or what the world has done to you, or what you've done to another. But when you feel repentance is when you're God conscious and you recognize that it's God that you've hurt. If you're not touched in that area... You know, the Bible is speaking as you being just like a beast. Mm -hmm. You know, you're only two-thirds of what God made. 66.6%. .6 you look at the um, the Antichrist at the end. What's his number? What's the number of his name? 66.6%. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that's the only reason. But somehow, you know, it just seems like if we're made of three parts and we're only two-thirds without knowing God as to what he made, Come on, you're going to live a life like an animal. You don't have anyone, you have no conscience. There's no one telling you what to do. You do like the animals do. So let's go to Daniel 4 and 33. Well, we're here already, but... Okay. Uh, the same hour uh, was that thing... Uh, <laughs> the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. I mean, you can imagine, this guy must have stank. I mean, man. <laughs> and at the end of the days, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed, and nothing and he and nothing and he doeth according to his will in the army of in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay none can stay his hand, or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise the extol and, and, honor, of, and honor the king of heaven, um, all whose works are true, 
and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to obey. So, you know, uh, he found the Lord. And one thing about Nebuchadnezzar is he wrote the fourth chapter of Daniel. A lot of people don't know this, but this is him speaking. It wasn't what was heard. They know this because there's a part of, um, you know, the book of Daniel is broken up in four parts. You have the, uh, well, not four parts, but it was written in Hebrew, but it was also written in Aramaic in certain parts. And then towards the end, it's written in Hebrew again. So it's well documented that Nebuchadnezzar wrote this. So from here, we'll go to Ecclesiastes 3. We're not going to stay on this, but... You know, I just want to make a couple of good points. But anyone that's rebellious to God, that doesn't know God, is a beast. And the Bible is making that clear. So it wasn't that the Lord really changed him into being a beast. The Lord was pretty much giving him what he already was. You know, like if this is what you want, then this is what you'll be. Uh, it's right after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 3, and we'll start at 16. Okay. Everybody there? All right. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them and that they, may, and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, and that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. So what he's saying here is, being puffed up in pride, just like Nebuchadnezzar was, this is what you'll be equated to, a beast. Because anything of God is going to, the way to God's kingdom is down. Mm -hmm. And I think why the people around the world do the things they do to us is because they are beasts. You know, they're puffed up in pride. Who's going to see me? Who's going to stop me? Where is this God of yours? This is what these people look forward to. So what I'm going to do now is read a few quotations from some of these beasts. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. Anybody want to add anything? I mean, you know, you just got to wait on me to catch up. All right, um, let's see who we'll start with here. You guys know about Theosophy. You've heard part of the video who some of these people are, Alice Bailey, Helena Blavatsky, and, you know, some others. But um, I'm going to pass this out, too, because you guys might not have known who I was talking about in the, uh, the other study. But I want to, if you guys ever heard of the Ascended Masters, the Ascended Masters were actually beings that these people claim that they channel and get their information from. So, uh, I want to get into that. There's one for you guys. Uh, 
I know Andrew has seen them. I don't know if Ryan's seen them. But I'm pretty sure I have. Let's go look at that. And Sarah's seen them already, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you got one already? Okay. You have one? All right. But we'll see with these guys. Uh, you see that guy in the corner, Sanat Kumra? And you see the guy below him, Maitreya? See the Maitreya guy? Well, that's the guy that they claim, you know, is going to be the fifth Buddha. He's going to be the Iman Mahdi for the Muslims. He's going to be the so-called Christ for us, which we know is going to be the Antichrist. But we also know that um, that they are. Uh, uh, well, he's also going to be Krishna for the uh, Hindus and the Messiah for the Jews. So this is what they claim he looks like. This guy comes, he channels messages and things to them that these people are actually believing in who he is. Now, um, I want to find some information on him because this guy. Did you hear, like in the other study, with the uh, the ten step plan that Alice Bailey had about how she the ten strategies against Christianity, what they had planned on doing, like taking God out of schools and turning people against people and yeah, that's a false Melchizedek. But yeah, okay. Well, they believe that that's Sanat Kumra. He's none other than Satan. Here's what one of the New Age uh, theosophists, Dane Rudbar, um, says, concedes that the leader of the master, Sanat Kumra, is in fact Satan. According to the esoterist, Satan is an, is an anagram for Sanat Kumra in the esoteric philosophy of India is a Promethean being. Well, you know, Prometheus is like... Um, you know, when man um, experienced um, illumination, like they're trying to say we were cavemen before man came, you know, or whoever this being was, an enlightened man. Okay, a Promethean being who gave mankind the fire of self-conscious and independent individual selfhood. Now, that's what he says. So these people believe that Satan himself was some type of savior. This is John Michael Greer. In the New Encyclopedia of the Occult Notes, Satan has a possible echo in theosophic lore, uh, where the Lord of the world, the spiritual ruler of the earth, and the head of the great white lodge is Sanat Kumra, a lord of the flame who descended to earth from Venus in a fiery chariot um, some six million years ago. <laughs> so these people actually believe that, you know, this guy is a type of god. What they mean with the great white lodge you guys can actually see this too, because this will tell you how the structure is built up. At the top is where you'll see the Ascended Masters when it says the Great White Brotherhood. So the Ascended Masters, who, this is, what do they use this for? Um, they all these. Oh, well these guys are the ones that, like you guys have heard of the Georgia Guidestones, right? The, the, the ten, um, Ten Commandments of the New World Order keep population down to a half billion, you know, or whatever. Okay, well, these people receive these messages from those beings, especially the Tibetan. This this uh, Tibetan, the Dejwa Kul guy, he, um, you know, pretty much laid out everything, the step-by-step -step plan 
of the New World Order. So these are all the people that they worship. Yes. And all those people, those individuals are those that sit at the top. Well, because that's not the real Christ. We'll go into that. But that's not the real Jesus. You know, but... um, Yeah, it's supposed to be, but they're calling it like he's someone else. But, you know, these spirits will lie to people and tell people that they're more than what they really are. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. But if you guys haven't heard it, we'll run over this real quick because I want to cover some things that um, I know we've been over, but, man, this is... uh, that's why, like, because, like, I was looking at the money today, mm-hmm. and it's got the pyramid with the the eye on top. Right. And somebody was asking about what the Illuminati was, and I was like, it's right here. Oh, money. yeah. And see, that's what that pyramid symbolized. And so that's funny, because that's what it all means. I never knew what it meant. I need a secretary, for real. I'm, like, trying to figure this out. But, um... That one's called Lady Nada. Oh, yeah. Lady Nada? That sounds like Lady Gaga. Yeah. Okay. This is also what they control. This is how the step goes up. This is how it goes up. You know how the structure is actually set up. But I want to read something real quick because I think that this is important if you guys haven't heard it last week. But yeah, they own the New York Stock Exchange, everything. And this pyramid is built on finance, you know, uh, political, economic, you know, social, um, military. You know, the whole structure is set up that way. And unless people see and understand it, this is crazy. Okay, so this is the 10 Strategies to Attack Christianity by Alice Bailey. You guys listen to this. Alice Bailey said, When you are changing a nation, don't bother with the old people. They are too stuck in their old traditions. They will not change, but go for the children. And that, and that is what she did. She said, Go for the children, especially 10 years and below, uh, since 1945. Any person below 60 years can be a victim of the ideas and the deceptions uh, of this uh, prophetess. She's not a prophetess, you know that, but of the New Age. She came out with a 10-point charter that is placed in the House of Lords, House of Common in the UK. Um, Today, our government and parliaments are implementing these. These uh, These are the 10 strategies. Take God and prayer out of the education system. She said, change curriculum to ensure that children are freed from the bondage of Christian culture. Why? Because children go to school to be equipped to face life. They are willing to trust and they are willing to value what is being given to them. If you take God out of the education system, uh, they will unconsciously form a a resolve that God is not necessary to face life. They will focus on those things uh, the school counts them worthy to be passed on, and they will look as God. They will look at God 
as an additional if one can afford the additional. So basically they're saying in order to get through your everyday life, why God is taken out of school is because if you realize that you can pass and get good grades and go on to have a good future having a job, then, you know, there was no one that said a prayer for you to get that. Mm -hmm. I did this by myself. This was my accomplishment. So that was one of the first strategies. And if you notice, they didn't want, you know, old people because older people are stuck in their ways. That's why they try to kill them. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, you know about that, too, then. They're not about saving anybody or leaving someone on a respirator. Oh, yeah, exactly. You have to have $2,000 or less. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Exactly. Reduce parental authority over the children. She said, break the communication between parent and child. Why? So that parents do not pass on Christian traditions to their children. Liberate children from the bondage of their parent traditions. How? Promote excessive child rights. Abolish corporal punishment. So, you know, you understand here, well, it actually goes further. Well, that's why we can't paddle kids. Exactly. And this is why DHS will come against you fiercely, you know, if you spank a kid. They'll take you to jail, and then they'll take the kid and put him in a foster home where they may end up being molested or, you know... I mean, child to go through trauma. Mm -hmm. C, teachers are the agents of implementation from workshops. Teachers tell children your parent has no right to force you to pray or read the Bible. You are yourself. Have a right of your own. You need to discover yourself, self-expression, and self-realization. Self-fulfillment are the buzzwords. So, you know, it's all about me. Well, and this. Mm -hmm. This club and that club and all the clubs. Oh, yeah. So now, find yourself. That's right. Now, anytime you hear Alice Bailey, this is Dejwa Cool, the Tibetan. Have you guys ever heard of automatic writing? Okay, automatic writing is something that the occult does. These witches and warlocks, well, they'll actually sit in a room. They'll open themselves up to demonic presence. A spirit will come over them, and they'll actually start writing with their eyes closed. It's the weirdest thing you'd ever want to see, but there are, there are so many brilliant people in society that have done this where you think, man, this guy's got a brilliant mind. Shakespeare is known to be one of them. Einstein was another. I mean, you look at uh, Leonardo da Vinci was another one, you know? So there were so many where, yeah, they were taken over by spirits, and they're like, I mean, and, and they would write for hours. You know, there were 24 books that this Alice Bailey wrote and, and 30 years that was um, responsible for the New World Order or the New Age philosophy and everything that they want to get into. So these people are not really kidding around. Uh, three, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure or the traditional Christian family structure. Why? It is oppressive and that the family is the core of the nation. If you break the family, you break the nation. Liberate the people from the confines of this structure. How? Promote uh, sexual promiscuity. Free young people to the concept of premarital sex. Let them have free sex. Lift it so high that the joy of enjoying itself, sex, is the highest joy of, in life. Fantasize it that everybody will feel proud to be seen to be sexually active, even those outside of marriage. Use advertising, industry, media, TV, magazines, film industry to promote sexual enjoyment 
as the highest pleasure in humanity. So you understand here that how everybody is today, their conditioning was because of what they had learned on TV. And that's why the, those people that are the elite, they don't watch TV. They don't even have their children watch it because they know that the more you get into TV, the more distant you are from reality. The more you'll start to be a part of the programming that they've tried to shape and form this country. And I mean, if you look at it, look at what the TV did. I mentioned this in the last study, but, you know, it started out with a whole family watching TV. The next step was get different channels on TV. You have adult shows and you have kids shows. Then before you know it, you know, now that there's different channels, we need different TVs. Now everybody's in their room not talking to one another while they're all being programmed. And then you wonder why families fall apart. You know, look at how when the family ate at the table for dinner, you would know what was wrong with your husband or your wife or your children. You, you know, because you guys interacted. So whatever it was, it would be on their faces and you would be able to solve the problem. But if everyone's off doing their own thing and their own fantasy, look at what comes from that. You know, you'll see a family begin to divide. Your daughter is being influenced by, you know, trying to be uh, Beyonce or this one or that one or Nicki Minaj. Your son is, you know, somewhere trying to be some stank rapper that he's seen on TV, covered in tattoos, pants hanging, cursing into, you know, gangster rap and all this stuff. You got the husband thinking that he's some pimp, you know, or some rich guy on Wall Street that, you know, why should I just be married to this one woman I love? I want to get out there, man, and be a real man, be dressed up, have different women. You know, so that's why people tend to bash the married families. You even see the wives, you know, don't let your husband tell you what to do. You know, you go in there and you run that home, you know. Like, what does Beyonce say? Who runs the world? Girls. All right, but that's the programming. Why do you think they say it repeatedly? It's like the programming that, you know, just gets a person to that place where you really start to believe it. And half these, you know, relationships and families, they don't get along because there's too many people trying to be Drake, too many people trying to be Nicki Minaj, too many people trying to be Lil Wayne. This is what you see. You go to any mall, guaranteed, you'll see Lady Gaga there, you'll see Lil Wayne, <laughs> Walking with Nicki Minaj. This is what you see. Wherever you go, this is what you are sure also, to see. There's also the kid shows or the, the teen shows that are like that too. It's like, what's her name? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even know her name. Oh, yeah. Like all the, the young teen bop kids mm -hmm. too. They don't have to be like adults like Lady Gaga. Exactly. But there's more of it. Um, I'm going to run through these real quick. It says... If sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. So children would be worried about themselves. Now, you know, through child sacrifice, because that's what abortion really is, that strengthens demons. You know, when you do stuff like that, you offer sacrifices. It's just like in the days of Moloch, where they used to place that child on the white hot hands of this statue. You know, Moloch is another word for Moloch, meaning angel, a fallen angel that they would sacrifice these children to. Okay, five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. You know, where in other words, yeah, we can get married and things are okay right now. But if things should go wrong, I'm packing my bags and leaving. Convenient marriage. Exactly. You know, uh, let's see, six, uh, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. You know, you see something enough, this is what it comes to. 
I'll actually send this to you guys too, so you can get you know deeper into it. The base art, make it run mad. I gotta read this. How uh, promote new forms of of art which will corrupt and defile the imagination of people because art is the language of the spirit. That which is inside you can bring out uh, in painting, music, drama. Look at the quality of the music that is coming out, the films out of Hollywood. Okay, A. Use media to promote and change mindset. That's A. Uh, nine. Create an interfaith movement. Alice Bailey, which is Dejoie Cool, wrote, Promote other faiths to be a part of, with Christianity and break this thing about Christianity as being the only way to heaven. By, by that, Christianity will be pulled down and other faiths promoted. Exactly. She said, promote uh, the importance of men, of man in determining his own future and destiny, humanism. She said, tell man he has the right to choose what he wants to be and he can uh, make it happen. He has the right to determine his cause. This takes God off of his throne. Uh, we have seen in our nation, South Africa, hosting a meeting of the interfaith movement in Cape Town. Uh, by the Dalai Lama. You also hear about stuff like Chrislam too. You know, um, you know who's a big promoter of that was, uh, what's his name? The uh, guy that used to go around, Billy Graham. Billy Graham was one of them. You're starting to hear this with um, Kenneth Copeland. You're starting to hear this with Rick Warren. Yeah, Christianity, Christianity and Islam. You know, they're trying to bring it together. They're calling it Chrislam. But this is where they get their one world religion and one world government. They know that there's no way that you can have a one-world government without having a one-world religion. The one-world religion is what holds things together. Like us in this room, we are all together in one because we believe in the same God. You've got to get people on one accord to believe in the same God. That's what the body of Christ is made of. So in order for them to bring Islam, Catholicism, Mormonism, well... I look at Mormonism and Jehovah Witness and all the rest of them. They're just little cousins of the Catholic Church. You know, if you look at a lot of it, even the false Christianity, they're like little brothers, you know, to the, to the mother harlot, the Catholic Church. But when you go into, you know, Islam, which is also from the Catholic Church, we'll do a study on that, on how Islam was promoted by Catholicism. That's why they'll have the same sickle, moon, and star. If you look at the nuns, the women dress exactly the same. You know, if you look at the way that they are. Um, people don't know this. Remember in the Catholic Church, they talk about the third secret of Fatima. Remember they talk about the secrets of Fatima in, in the Catholic Church? Well, people don't know Muhammad's daughter was named Fatima or Fatima or whatever they want to call her. So this thing goes so deep as to... You know, and Muhammad actually married a, um, a Catholic nun, and she was very wealthy and got Islam started. So all of these religions, with the exception of Christianity, real Christianity, you know, are all one. You know, there's not that much difference between a Buddhist and a Catholic. They are pretty much the same group. You look at Islam, you look at all the others, they're all the same faith. They all walk around with rosary beads or whatever beads that they call them. They all wear some type of hat. They're all in the long robes. They all worship the same God, you know? Um, so that's what it means by creating an interfaith movement. 10 is to get government to make all these law 
and get the church to endorse these changes. Now, you know, the Lord had always looked to the church to make changes. But what you see with that is, you know, uh, the churches are silent. So now that the churches are not saying anything, where do I look for truth? Where do I go when I need to hear a word about the time that we're in? You can't even rely on the church anymore. This is why they don't talk about the book of Revelation, even though they know that we're approaching those times. I think a lot of them have been silenced. Mm -hmm. You know, so... I think it's probably the... I mean, you got small groups like this, and uh, Bible like this, and then other parts of the world where they're, they're not controlled so much by... You know, Title One C Three status, things like that. You've got the super persecuted churches uh, that are underground in, in different parts of the world. Right. That have to. They got a huge struggle in their hands. <laughs> exactly, and I mean, you know, real sheep, real shepherds lay down their life for their sheep. That's what makes them all legit. Oh, you guys got one together. Okay, that's fine. We're gonna read up on this symbol too. Andrew asked about it, and, um, you know, it definitely holds some weight. And I think, you know, when you read what this symbol is about, you're going to rely more on God saving you than anybody else. Because, I mean, this is a, you know, it's a mess. Well, God can use, God can use people to save you. Absolutely. But, you know. When I was in the hospital. Well, yeah, and I mean, but, you know, we have to really ask ourselves, too, if it were up to the enemy, would they try and help you? No. See, I think in a lot of cases, um, you know, we don't know how many times we might have gone to the doctor and the enemy may have said, you know, I'm going to give this person hepatitis B, you know, just to see. But the Lord blocked it because he knew that you were one of his. We don't know. But look at what this symbol means. This is the caduceus symbol from Greek, uh, Hera, Hera staff. It is the staff carried by Hermes. Hermes, if you get deep into it, he's none other than Azazel that we talk about, or Thoth. You know, he's also the character where we get hermeneutics, you know, and all these other things, hermeticism. But anyway, um, in Egyptian mythology and Hermes in Greek mythology, the same staff was also borne by heralds in general. For example, by Iris, the messenger of Hera. It is a short staff uh, intertwined by two serpents, sometimes surmounted by wings. In Roman iconography, it was often depicted uh, being carried in the left hand of Mercury, the messenger of the gods, guide of the dead, and protector of merchants, shepherds, gamblers, liars, and thieves. So this is what this symbol represents. Now, Let's look at the medical world for a minute. Are they not merchants? Don't they make a lot of money? <laughs> you know, are they not liars and gamblers? They gamble with your life. They're liars about what they intend their agenda is. And they are thieves because it doesn't cost that much to sew a finger back on. They'll charge you $500,000 for that. You know, so the point is, it's like, come on. Charge you $20,000 for staying overnight. Yeah, exactly. You know, just to be looked at. They didn't even fix you. They didn't even do anything for you. They just gave you a look. They took a flashlight and looked in your face and then said, that'd be $800. Huh? What's that? <laughs> exactly. They're looking for that money. Oh, yeah. Boy, they got quite a racket going on over there. 
Exactly. And you can find even better through this flashlight. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, that would be their excuse for it. You can kind of compare the medical one. This, uh, it's insurance that really is the problem in a lot of ways because it allows it to happen. Mm -hmm. Same thing with automotive stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these uh, car uh, repair places, that, well, body shops, Mm -hmm. They won't even take on an individual's uh, job anymore. You think they'll only work with insurance companies because they can charge so much more. You know, like something simple like just putting a bumper on a rig. It's not even painted. It's just a chrome bumper. Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to charge you you know, $1,000 to do it for a you know, $100 bumper, and then they're going to charge $900 with the install. Right. So, you know, that's, why, that's, that's why most new cars are built pretty much with crap parts these days mm -hmm. because the easier it falls apart. What is yeah. it like titanium or something? They're not made with like actual metal doors anymore. There's more no, it's, like um, plastic. Like the fiber carbon fiber. fiber. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. they, they uh, break apart easier. Oh yeah. Look at this. Uh, this is another theosophist. I'll say another beast. His name is Rudolf Steiner. He says, Lucifer is not a being that we can see with our present um, eyes, uh, day physical eyes. Lucifer can be seen only when the awakening clairvoyance seen clairvoyantly. In fact, Lucifer is a particular being who was left behind during the moon phase of evolution. Now look at how these people are. I mean, look at what they believe. They actually believe, it takes more faith to believe in this crap than it does to believe in the truth of the Bible. This is what they're saying, you know, his moon phase of evolution. So these guys praise Lucifer. Here's another guy, N. Sri Ram, writer for Lucifer magazine. Now that should raise some flags. Oh, yeah, they changed it to Lucifer's Trust that they're still um, involved in today. The adversary of Satan is no other than Lucifer, the light bearer. So they said the adversary or Satan is none other than Lucifer. Okay, uh, the light bearer, the bright and morning star. He is the initiator, awakening the divine faculties of intelligent, intelligent man. He is the king of the fallen angels, spirit from highest spheres, who descended among primitive mankind of the third race to develop in man and endow him with self-conscious mind or manners. Now, what's interesting about this is they're saying something that was none other than Genesis 3. When you go into Genesis 3, what happened? Uh, let's go to Genesis 3 real quick. Go there real quick. Are we going to still be in Ecclesiastes? Uh, we're done with that. All right. Yeah. Turn man into peace. Genesis 3. Because, you know, this was really the beginning of it all. The New Age, the whole New Age religion is based on what Satan said to Eve. Okay. Everybody there? Almost. Okay. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, you see, the first question Satan ever came forth with was, you know, questioning the word of God. And he's still doing that today. Mm -hmm. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, 
but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the woman said unto the serpent, uh, Well, and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that it was good for food. But one thing we got to understand here before we go there, back in verse 5 and 4, he said to the woman, she shall not surely die. That's where you get reincarnation. You know, when people talk about, oh, you get another chance to come back and be someone else. This is where they got reincarnation. And then you go into, uh, for God doth know that the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So he promised them enlightenment, but he also promised them evolution. Ye shall be as gods. And what does the New Age movement talk about? I am God. I myself am a God. I don't believe in a God. I am. So this is where a lot of that comes from. But verse 6 is interesting. And when the woman saw that the tree was first, I mean, the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasing to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and she gave also unto her husband, uh, and he did eat. So what we understand here is she saw that it was good for food. That's the lust of the eyes. She, um, she saw it was good for food, and then it says, and that it was a pleasant, it was pleasant to the eyes. So there's the lust of the flesh, and a desire to make one wise, that's the pride of life. When you look at the uh, Baphomet goat, I wanted to go into that earlier, but if you look at these three horns on the head, that's exactly what it means. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And this is what we all struggle with in our lives, you know? And if you look at this beast, before we even go any further, it's part male, it's part female, it's part beast, it's part human. This is the goal and what they want to turn all of society into. This is why you have guys like Bruce Jenner wanting to become a woman. Mm -hmm. This is why they talk transhumanism, trying to mix and splice species of animals to come to this. So this is the symbol that they've set everything with just to try and make be. The hand pointed up and down means as above, so below. Satan is such a copycat. He tries to be like the Lord where God says, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, his is, you know, as above, so below. You know, and we do understand that this is so because Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So you know it's not flesh and blood that's running things. You go to Ephesians 2.2, it talks about that the spirit of this world, Satan, you know, the prince of the power of the air, he runs the world through the children of disobedience. Okay, and if you look at that phallus symbol... It's kind of the same thing with the Kedusha. It's called the Kundalini experience. When you look here, and it's supposed to go up there, these people believe that there's a serpent that starts at the base of the spine, and he goes up through the spine, through the chakras, which, you know, you really do have in the body. These people aren't lying about this. If you look at one of the uh, other things that I have, it actually talks about, you guys can pass that around, but it will tell you what each one of these things are and where we feel what we... Uh, oh, I got this one. oh, you got that? Okay, yeah. cool. Well, that's what it's explaining is that, you know, when you get to the crown, you see how it says spiritual. 
you go into the third eye, it means perception. This is why they call some people two-headed people, where they're able to see into the spirit realm, but they can also see in the physical realm. And this is why they'll tell you a witch will even know who you are before you know who they are. Because these people seek real power from their God. I mean, these people are not kidding around. And you got church people, you know, sitting up, singing songs, clapping hands, having a good old time. Not recognizing that there's more to it than this. Actually, I guess yeah, yeah, you can check it out. I just I'm looked sure. that over. <laughs> All right, let's go to our first John 2.11. It's all the way at the back of the Bible, before Revelation. I know I'm throwing a lot of information out, but, you know, I want to get it out little by little. We'll break these down in each study. You know, it's just how the strong man now with us is like common language. You know, body, spirit, and soul now, it's like common language. <laughs> You know, everybody knows what we're talking about. When we go into the strong man, everybody knows what we're talking about. So, First John 1 John 2. It's just before Jude. sign from something though. someone's talking about you we'll start at 16 actually or 15 let's start at 15 215 love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world and love the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So the reason why I believe that this beast is crowned with three horns, which is this Baphomet goat, I believe it's because, you know, it's really all that Satan's kingdom is based on. If you look at it, there's so many things in this life to actually want. There's so many things in this life that will take your mind off of following Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it. Even just pride. Even pride telling you, you know what? Yeah, I could follow the Lord, but I may not have too much. So I'm going to go after making some real money. And then I believe I can come to the Lord. And the thing is, is like... Our affections are not supposed to be set on what's below. It's supposed to be on what's above. You know, remember when Jesus told the man the man wanted to follow him? And he said, let me uh, be, let me bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. Like, even though it was the man's father, Jesus was trying to make the point that all that is dead is dead. What's alive is alive. He's talking about the kingdom of God. I mean, when you think about it, Jesus would have offended so many people. I mean, think about this. And he was our God. God is love. Okay? He was the way. He's the truth. He's the life. But if you notice, he's not emotional when it comes to the way we see things. Right. He may understand, but it's like, hey, let the dead bury their dead. And I'm sure the guy was like, 
hey, man, this is my father. You know, they just died. But Jesus says, you know, hey, follow me. You know, I'm the way to life. But remember, he told the guy, the son of man, which is speaking of him, has no place to lay his head. You know, so in other words, Jesus didn't have a home. Jesus was constantly doing the will of God. Mm -hmm. So when we compare that to us, and you see how we are, we love, hey, I'm home. I can relax. And, you know, this is it. You look at Paul and those boys, man, and the rest of the guys, they were all over the world. You know, <laughs> that's when the Holy Ghost is really through you, where you're almost like a moving show. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't just stay in. You may be in town for one night. You guys can see this show. After that, I'm moving on. Yep. But, you know, that's what... to be comfortable. Exactly. Paul was in prison for about two-thirds of his life. That's right. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, like I said, my walk... I'm trying to get there, but, you know, when we really compare ourselves to these guys, man, it's, hey, you know, they were so full of the Spirit where that was their everyday life. Mm -hmm. But you see, Satan had to ramp it up since then because once Jesus died on the cross, you see, there was a change that had to be made. Satan knew at that point his time was short. He knew the victory was already won. So what did he do from there? Man, I got to change this world around. I got to get it sophisticated. I got to get people into the affairs of this life. Because think about it, back then, there would have been nothing to desire. What would there have been? Horse and buggy? Everything else? What would there have been? You know, what are you playing? You know, riding horses? Right, exactly. But he took it right back to that environment where this is how it's supposed to be. This is where he wants it. Let's go to uh, 1 Peter 2.11. Which is one book back. He did a fantastic job. Yeah, he did. I mean, this guy is really a genius. I mean, if he wasn't so evil. But you know, the gifts of the Lord are without repentance. Absolutely. You know, I mean, even, even that satanic, you know, monster. <laughs> 211, yep. Okay, is it Second Peter or First Peter? It's Second Peter. Sorry, guys. I knew something didn't look right. You know, he's talking about here what we're up against. Uh, Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord, but these are natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. So, you know, with all these things that these people have got planned for us, everything that they want to do, you know, we got to really look at it like the Lord has got this thing in play. We can't be afraid of all this stuff that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. We really can't. We have to know that the Lord is in charge. You know, he runs it all. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 3. Because, you know, a lot of people, when they deal with this stuff, they feel lost. You hear about the harp system and everything that it can do. You hear about nukes. You hear about the U.N. Army. You hear about all this stuff. Hey, you know, the, the weapons, the, uh, the uh, spiritual weapons, man, they're for real. You know, they can do all things. 
when you have a shield of faith that's a real shield of faith, I mean, a big, not, not a dinner plate, not maybe, maybe not, you know, when you really believe, I mean, that is your faith, your helmet of salvation, your loins, gird about with truth, where you know through and through that the Lord is with you, that you can't be deceived. That's what we have to uh, fight against. What did I say, 1 Corinthians 3? Mm -hmm. Three? Yeah, 3, uh, 19. This is something that we can all, you know, learn. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. There's another part in Psalms where he talks about taking the wicked in their own devices. So, you know, with everything that the enemy has planned, we have to know that our God is in charge. We can't, I mean, because, I mean, if you look at things in a carnal mind, yeah, it seems hopeless. When you think of everything that they plan on throwing against us, you know, you feel, man, we should just give up right now. Like, there's no way that we can do this, you know, but we got to, let's go to 2 Corinthians 2.5. Or 10, 10, 5, sorry. Ten five. Ten five. Instead of ten four, ten five. Ten four. That's a big ten five. No, maybe I'm wrong. Is it first Corinthians ten? What are you looking for? It's first Corinthians. No, it's second. Yeah, it's second. Yeah, that's it. Second Corinthians ten five. I want to start at 4. Let's start at 1. Uh, chapter 10, verse 1. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and, and bold toward you. So sometimes, you know, you got to be bold in proclaiming the Lord. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with, with that confidence wherewith, I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though, the, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations to every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing in captivity uh, every thought to the obedience of Christ." And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we understand here one of the best ways to war against this stuff is for ourselves to be obedient. When your obedience in Christ is fulfilled, then you can go out and revenge all disobedience, all things that are against God. Why? Because if you walk in disobedience, you're being enlightened by the entities that you're fighting against. And, you know, I've seen this happen in churches where you have pastors get ready to cast out demons of a person and the demon gets slick and will look right through the eyes of the person and say, I know who you are. I know how you live. Do you want me to tell about your life right now? I know what you did yesterday. And you'll find the pastor, if he's not living right, he just walked away, walked right out of the church. Why? 
because he thought that demon would have exposed. Yeah, I know where you were the night before. Remember that hooker that you dropped off at, at the corner? Yeah, well, I was there. So that's why we got to be complete in the Lord as far as our obedience, because the enemy can always use it against you. Mm -hmm. But if you're a real man of God, even if you have been disobedient, you know, let's just say that did happen. You can say, you know what? That was me, but I'm not anymore. Say what you need to say, but I'm casting you out. But you see, we become so worried about self that it's like, oh, no, I can't let this secret get out. So I'll let the demon win. Now, how concerned was he for the man? You get what I'm saying? He was more worried about himself. It wasn't about the demon. It was about, hey, you know, people may find out that the pastor's been a bad boy. So, you know, the enemy can always work against you when you're, when you're not living in obedience. It's better than sacrifice, you know, and it's a struggle that we'll have in our lives. But, you know, when it talks about your obedience being fulfilled, I believe that's when you have a true filling of the Holy Ghost. Not having the Holy Ghost, you, you've got that, but a filling of the Holy Ghost, you know, to where you're doing the things that you see Jesus and Paul do. And I think, honestly, that's what we're going to need to stand in the coming day. We cannot kid ourselves and think, you know, all I got to do is try and be a good person, and that's it. You know, I do believe the Lord calls us to holiness. I believe he calls us to being perfect, which means no more than mature doesn't mean perfect, like you're a perfect being, but you're going to be mature. You're going to understand the things of God. You won't be offended by them, you know? So I think that, you know, when the Bible talks about prayer and fasting, I believe that those are real things. Or, you know, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, wouldn't have done them himself. Mm -hmm. He did them himself, so they had to have some importance. And it wasn't until the Holy Ghost fell on Jesus that he began to perform miracles. So, you know, I think in ways we have a lot of work to do, you know, but we have got to get serious in God. He's not, you know, the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. We got to really get into who God is. We got to really have an understanding as to who this God is yep. because the enemy is going to come at us in ways like you wouldn't believe. And we have got to be strong. You know, you want your house, like when we read in Matthew 7, you know, built on that solid rock, which is Christ. You can't have it built on quicksand. You know, the enemy hits too hard for that. Okay, let's go to uh, Revelation 17. You know, we were here not too long ago, a couple of months back, but, you know, this thing is um, headed full tilt. And sometimes it's good to read, you know, go over these things because... You know, we, we can forget. There's a lot of things when we're reading the Word that we forget. And then it's good to have that Word in season, that constant reminder of what we're dealing with to get through it. Yep. So okay, Revelation 17. And there came one of the seven angels, which had uh, the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will shew thee uh, the judgment of the great whore, that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And we understand here is, you know, this whole one world government, when they talked about this whore that sits on many waters, then you know that it must be some type of empire that's influencing, or, or religion that's influencing a lot of people. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, uh, three. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and uh, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Um, you know that the uh, purple and gold, the purple uh, and white, you know, and, and red, I meant, was really talking about, I believe, the Catholic Church. I believe that that system, that great whore, you know, if you look at the Catholic priest, a lot of them are wearing the purple and the red, you know, the bishops and the archbishops and all that. So they're talking about this one woman, which is this religion that's actually influencing the world. And I mean, if that isn't the Catholic Church today, you know, nothing is. Uh, five. And upon her head was the name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Like, he wasn't proud of it. He was in awe. But they're talking about this woman. I'll tell you, I mean, I think we discussed this before, but you had some Roman emperors that killed Christians. But it was nothing like the type of murder that the Catholic Church did concerning Christians. I mean, they killed them in mass. They were popes that killed more people than, I mean, the Romans ever did. More Christians, I mean. Uh, I wonder, yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. When it says, I know there's some, some other things going on here mm -hmm. with uh, what the symbols mean for the different things, but... Mm -hmm. Like if this had to do with the Catholic Church, the, I mean, they always have Mary as the as mm -hmm. this woman on the wall all the time mm -hmm. and things like that. I'm wondering if maybe something to this. Well, there is because Mary herself is not the Mary that we know mm -hmm. from the Bible. She's Isis. She's Astaroth. She's Artemis. You know, she's Venus. She's um. Semiramis, Nimrod's mother, you know, she's, um, what's her name, Isis, I said already, mm -hmm. you know, but she's all of them, Diana, you know, in Ephesus, so, um, Easter. Easter, Ishtar, right, so that's the Mary that they're worshiping. It's interesting, yeah. you, you go into, like, uh, the grotto, let's say, you mm -hmm. look on their wall there, in the middle, it's just a just gigantic mm -hmm. uh, painting of Mary, oh, and, yeah. like, there's you know, whatever they depict what Jesus looked like right like off in the background. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, they even celebrate her birthday like it's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they're Mary worshippers. They don't believe in Jesus. They're kneeling down and and praying to Mary. Oh yeah. And there's even a part here I wish I knew which scripture exactly, but I guess I'll get to it later. But they um talked about how the um the disciples were proud of what Jesus was doing, and they said, well, you know, and praise be the breast that you have sucked, like to Jesus, like saying, like, you know, praise Mary. And Jesus, you know, immediately corrects them and says, you know, pray that you're worthy or your names are in the book of life or that you, you know, you're of God. So he was correcting them from Mary worship. They were even attempting it back then. And what's interesting about this is this is a future prophecy. This is the book of Revelation, and you know the Reformation occurred 
about 1,500 years after that. Mm -hmm. So we know that this was a future prophecy that they were speaking of, of things to come with this harlot. But you're right about the Mary thing. It's not Mary. You know, it's Semiramis. You know, that baby she's carrying, that's Horus or Nimrod. That's not Mary. You know, so they've deceived people. Uh, and the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou, didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath uh, the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Now we know that this talks about Revelation 13, when they talk, and, and our Revelation 9, where they spoke about the beast coming out of the pit. When you go to Revelation 9, it speaks of, remember, the Greek name Abaddon, which was also Apollyon, which many people believe he's going to be like Nimrod II. You know, they're speaking of um, that uh, Antichrist. When it goes into, well, we'll just keep reading. It'll um, make more sense then. Uh, let's see. The foundation of the world. And they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. So one thing we understand about this beast, we know that it's an empire, but it was and is not and yet is. At this time, you know, you had the um, the Catholic Church and you, you even had Nimrod at one point that was. At this time, Nimrod would not have been and then he yet is. When you get a greater understanding as to who Nimrod was, you have an understanding that Nimrod is really who all these people worship. I mean, every bit of influence, every religion in this world, everything you can think of concerning government or holidays or whatever, all goes back to who Nimrod is. Okay? So, uh, let's see. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Mountains don't mean exact mountains because people like to point to Rome with this. The mountains also means like um, seven empires. You know, it can also mean empires. Uh, and there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And uh, um, which, oh, and when he cometh, he must continue a short space. So what they're saying is, you know, he wasn't, he is, and when he comes... He's going to continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh and goeth into perdition. Why I believe it's going to be like a Nimrod II. It's definitely going to be Babylonian influence because when you look at who, um, you know, it mentioned here about Babylon the Great, mystery Babylon. But remember, there were seven kings, you know, that they had then at that time. There was um, Nimrod. There was um, the Assyrian Empire. There was the, um, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, the Egyptian Empire. And then there was the, uh, I'm missing one, the Persian Empire. So when they go into all those, that's why they said he is the eighth, but is of the seven. Means this empire or this individual has been here before. Mm -hmm. He's coming back. So this is what they're uh, talking about. Eleven. And the beast that was and is not, even he is of the eighth and is of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. 
and the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as of yet, but received power as, um, as kings one hour with the beast. So, you know, eventually this beast is going to give them dominion. Now, we've all ran over that, um, that uh, ten region world map. Well, we talked about the ten kings, the ten economic zones, mm -hmm. you know, that they're going to have. Have you seen it? Uh, I think you have seen it. Yeah. yeah, with the how, continents. How many, you know. how many Republicans are um, uh, going for president right now? Because there's three Democrats. Mm -hmm. And there are two. Are there, are there seven Republicans right now? I don't know, but that would be interesting. Because uh -huh. uh -huh. I think there is. Because I know you watched the whole video yeah, I on think it. Because I know... Cause mm -hmm. There's enough for one to have center stage, mm -hmm. which means there had to be an odd number. But I these guys are going to be all over the world. I don't think it's just going to be American influence. Yeah. I think they're going to have one for Europe. They're going to have one for Asia. If you look at that map, that 10-region world map, it talks about 10 zones mm -hmm. being cut all over the earth. Okay. But, no, it's, a good, it's an interesting point because numbers mean something to the enemy, too. Mm -hmm. uh, one hour with the beast. Uh, these have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So you see, even with these men, just like society, they need one mind. Everyone has to believe the same. This is where the one world religion is going to kick in, the one world government. You've got to all believe the same. 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he hath unto them, I mean, yeah, and he saith unto them, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, and people are peoples and multitudes, nations and tongues. So we do understand in Revelation 13 about the Antichrist, he's going to have control over kindreds, tongues, people, and nations. Okay, so he's going to dominate everything. Uh, 16, and the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate, and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. One thing we know about the whore, we know that um, we've made some interesting points in the past about it being America, because we understand, if you, you know politics and history, that America made all the other countries rich. You know, that we know. You know, funding... If it wasn't for American democracy, the U.N. Army wouldn't be because all the other countries were poor. The funding came from America being used. So I believe, you know, if you look at America, too, it's also an extension of the Roman Empire. We know this because you have democracy, you have the Senate, you have all these things that the Greeks and Romans believed. But then you also have the whole part with, um, you know, America coming out of Rome, Great Britain and France. So we know that these things are what our society is based on now. Okay, uh, 17. For, and, and, and they said here, like, everybody would turn against the whore. So you see, a lot of people are not so gung-ho about America anymore. Exactly. What you're seeing is people hate America. They don't want to use the American dollar anymore. So, you know, there are so many countries, like Ryan said the other day, Germany is upset with America. You know, and other things. So you got, and they were supposed to be allies. So you got all these countries now turning against America. Because it talked about it being the whore, but you have no need for the whore anymore. Mm -hmm. They have built their UN army. 17. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, 
and to agree to give their kingdoms unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. So you see, this, this beast is going to be given dominion, and God is okay with that for a time until he comes to fulfill the word. Um, 18. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. So we know that it has to be America. That's what I believe it is. You know, if you look at it. But, you know, like I said, guys, I didn't, I'm not preaching doom and gloom. I don't want anyone here deceived. I want to get as much information out as possible. I know that you guys already have an understanding of most of this, but we got to understand the transformation, what this war is about, where it's headed, and what needs to be done about it. Yes, sir. Well, reading more into it, you know, and it is really good that we review, especially because it, it, the more of a greater understanding that we have, when we go back over the book of Revelations, it actually makes even more sense. Mm -hmm. And something I just picked up on, even though we've gone over this before, it just seems like that God's going to have it. He's going to be okay with the beast taking over because we've allowed ourselves to be deceived. We've allowed ourselves to let these things happen and let the enemy in. It's kind of, you know, it's like, hey, you know, if you don't worship the Lord, he takes his hand off of you for a season until you realize what you've done and you repent and he'll guard you again. But isn't that what we've done? Basically taking God's hand and like just shoved it off and said, we don't want you, we don't want you. So it's like, why would he have a problem with the beast coming up and reigning and ruling? Well, because everything in the spirit realm, like Sarah's saying, has a legal right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you invite the devil into your life, he has a legal right. If you're living a life that's not of Christ, the devil has every right to be there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, just like God does, because you invited him in. Right. When you see those old movies back in the day where people would talk about, you know, you'd see the demon standing at the door, and someone would say, oh, come in. You know, or, or what are you doing? Or aren't you going to come in? And what do they say? Oh, you have to invite me in. Yeah. They were trying to tell you in Hollywood way back then, you have to invite the enemy in. Right. It's with your will that he has a legal right into your life. If you keep him outside, he'll stay outside. But, you know, this thing, um, there was so much I wanted to cover in this that I didn't really get to. Have you guys ever heard of the um, satanic, uh, the Black Awakening? The uh, super soldier? The sleepers? And those guys? Like, you know, I, we believe that they're the people that, that did the Virginia Tech shooting. Mm -hmm. The D.C. sniper. uh you know, Jeffrey Dahmer and all these other guys, you know, all the guys that have the Columbine shooting and these things. And you notice how these guys always kill themselves after they commit it, you know, they do an assassination. Right. I believe even the guy at uh, Clackamas, you know, was one of them because they always end up killing themselves. But their conditioning of people, this is what I heard. Um, there's a guy you should look up, Russ Dizdar, but he calls this time the Black Awakening. And what he's saying is, this is what he says about them, uh, the, these sleepers. Uh, they wait like quiet, unassuming persons in the crowd. And nice person uh, who wouldn't seem like they would harm a fly, shoot a gun or slash with a knife. But oh buddy, they will. And as cold as hell energized accuracy, they wait to be activated to kill, slaughter and unleash hell in society. So the demons can dance 
uh, and their leader can emerge as savior of humanity. A savior for humanity whom they say can bring a new order out of chaos. That's what that order out of chaos means on a dollar bill. They're going to try and make things as crazy as possible before their so-called savior comes, who's the Antichrist. They know what uh, they are to do. Uh, they know what is planned, and most of them wait with dark, bated breath. I mean, that's like demonic. Charged by ancient falling spirits. This is by Russ Dizdar, and his uh, book is called The Black Awakening, Rise of the Satanic Super Soldier and the Coming Chaos. You know, even with all of that, the Lord is still going to, his power is still mighty over all. Uh, Russ Dizdar tells a story about how he was dealing with one of them because he's led a lot of them to Christ. If you guys have ever heard of um, satanic ritual abuse, where um, they've been doing this since the 60s and 50s, but they learned that if you take a person and you were to torture them early from childhood, that the child would either, you know, the brain has a way of reacting where they would either stay like they are and die, or they would um, alternate to another subconscious just to survive. I know that sounds crazy, but they bring you to the brink of torture to get a person to, you know, um, switch personalities in order to deal with the trauma. You see it all the time with lying kids that come from bad families. You ever notice those sociopathic kids, they come from bad families, they speak well, they say all the right things, you know why? Because they want to portray that they're different than what they came from. And you find out they lie about most things. But when the mind is traumatized enough, it will switch to an alternate personality. And these individuals speak many languages. They've learned to uh, sexually um, uh, throw, you know, like um, tempt people. So these people are all in politics. They've learned different fighting styles. They've learned how to shoot guns, but they won't do any of these things unless that alternate personality is called out. Like, you guys ever heard of the Manchurian Candidate? Where, you know, the phone will ring and they'll go to answer the phone. Someone will say, Rosebud. And then they go right into whatever they're supposed to do. It's like a type of hypnosis, you know? Um, That's what the well, yeah, they were trying to show people then that this is what it's going to be about. But, you know, with all of this, there's nothing greater than the power of God, regardless of what. Dizdar dealt with one of these individuals. Um, you know, he said that he had him in the car with him, and they became like he could feel the agitation of the demon in the person. The person was trying to find Christ, but they were still in their mode. And he was trying to, um, he said, so he felt the agitation of the demon in the man that he began praying inwardly. And he said that the man turned to him and said, stop it. And he said, what? You know, and he said, he's praying inwardly and this guy can hear him. So the guy was like, stop it again. And he said, that's when I began praying out loud. And he said, this guy went into some um, twilight language to try and call on demonic spirits to help aid him against Dizdar. But Dizdar started preaching loud and started calling on the name of the Lord and praying loudly, and this guy went into his satanic chants. Eventually, the guy was like, he grabbed his head. I think he said he got out of the car and he threw up and ran off into the woods. 
You know, so there's nothing stronger than the power of God. But you got to know that he's got that power. We have to have faith because this is what they're going to plan on doing. They're going to try and make things so bad for World War III that by the time it's over, that no one's going to ever want to deal with this again. And this is when the Antichrist is going to come on the scene. Hey, everybody, settle down. You know, I've got the solution to this. They might even, from what, from what my understanding is, they may even go after the Illuminati. Okay, this Antichrist, don't be surprised if he won't take a few of them out to show, see guys, I'm on your side. Just to gain the trust of everybody, to get everyone on board with his agenda. So, you know, like I said, we got to get real in the Lord. It's going to get so real so soon. And we've got to be strong. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to know the Lord. We can't have any chinks in our armor. Whatever we're doing wrong, we got to make right with the Lord. I know Holly's tired, so tired. we're going to, um, no, it's cool. It's cool. But, so yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we have to be prepared. And this is what. No, hey, you're a soldier. She's a warrior. <laughs> Your baby's a lot gonna of pregnant out. women. Her baby's going to come out marching, huh? Oh, I'm sure. You know, like hopefully he'll get those <laughs> blessings too. Yep. Absolutely. You know, that's what it's about. So, you know, I don't want to end it in defeat. You know, we know that our God is God, and that's what we. Hey, you know, this is what we're aiming for. You want to be one with Him. You want to walk in the Spirit. You want to obey the Spirit of God. You know, so. With that, I'm going to end it. I just wanted to let everybody know what we're up against. I mean, this isn't even half of it. But the point is, is we have to recognize first that we're in a war. Those people that don't know this, that don't want to know about this, they're going to be the first to go. Why? Because they're asleep during a war. You can't fall asleep at war. you got to know what's going on. If the Bible says walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, then that means that it's wise to know what's going on around you. That's what a watchman is all about. This is what we do. All right? And Andrew's tired, too. He's got school in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. All right, so we'll pray out. Ready, Sarah? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I want to come to you tonight, and I want to thank you again for the time that you have given to us, Lord, so we can get our lives right with you, so we can understand the things that are going on around us. Lord, so you can show us your light. I pray that you would open our eyes, Lord, that we can walk through this life, even though we don't focus on the things that go on around us. We need to know what's going on. We need to know what the enemy is doing so we are not deceived, so we are not distracted, so we are not bound by feelings and emotions. Lord, I thank you for all the things that you've done for us. I thank you for everything that you've given to us and how you have continued us on in this ministry, Lord. And I pray that you would help us to understand why you have given us this ministry, Lord, why you have blessed us with this Bible study. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see the direction that you were taking it. Lord, that we give ourselves over to you to more prayer and fasting so we can have a stronger, greater relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to study your word so we can take these truths to others so they can be a part of the body of Christ. Lord, I pray that you would guide and direct each and every one of our lives. 
I pray that you would help us to understand what you have for us, your will for our lives, how we can serve you better. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand that the gifts that you have for us. I pray that you would help us to understand that the greater our relationship gets with you, Lord, that we need to understand the gifts that are with faith, to open blind eyes, deaf ears, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. Lord, these are not things that have gone away. They are still real, Lord, but we have to believe, to fully believe, Lord, in you first. I pray that you would give us a greater understanding of what we need to do concerning your word and how we profess it to others, Lord. Give us the spiritual discernment that we need. I pray that you would be with everyone tonight, Lord, that you would touch their lives. I pray for those that couldn't be here tonight, Lord. I pray that you would watch over them, guide and direct them in everything that they need, Lord, in the tools that they'll need to go against the enemy, Lord, because this spiritual warfare is real. And we have to see it, Lord. We have to understand what's going on around us, and we have to take that information to others so they can see as well. Because we cannot walk through this life blindly. We are coming to the close, to the end, Lord. And I know to some it may sound depressing, and it may sound, you know, this is too much. But it goes according to your word, Lord. And we are going to go through trials and tribulation and adversity, but if we are filled with your Holy Spirit, we can stand against the walls of the enemy, against the walls of the devil. But I pray that you would help us, Lord. I pray that you would be with Jake tonight, that you would touch his body, Lord, that you would place your hands appealing upon him tonight, that you would set him free for whatever he's going through. Be with Martin and Laura and everything that they are dealing with and everything that they are going through, Lord. I pray that you would continue to guide and direct their lives, that you would bless them, Lord. I pray that you would be with Eric and Holly, that you would watch over them, Lord, touch their lives. Bless their family, Lord. Be with the situation that they are going through, that you would guide and direct them, that you would give them the answers that they need, Lord, to help their family. Lord, I pray that you would be with Ryan and everything that he's going through with his family, that you would touch him, Lord, that you would raise him up, that he would be a holy man of you, willing to serve you. Be with Andrew, Lord, as he's a part of the younger generation, that you would build him up, Lord, guide and direct him. Lead him through your word so he knows how to take it to others. Be with Derek, Lord. I pray that you would watch over him, continue to use him as your willing vessel. Lord, that he empty himself out so he can be filled with you. I pray that you would guide and direct each and every one of his decisions concerning this ministry. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us all, that we'd be willing to want to teach a lesson soon. Because we are all willing and capable and, and ready, Lord. I also pray that you would be with others who are no longer with us, that you continue to guide and direct their lives, that you would bring them to you before it's too late. Be with Mikel as well, Lord, and everything that he's dealing with. Sue and Dan and Tracy and, and Ed and uh, Dick and Marge and everyone else, Lord, be with these individuals tonight. Lord, I thank you for this ministry and everything that you've done for it. I pray, Lord, that we would be filled with your Holy Spirit, that you would guide us and direct us. I pray that you would Give us safety of travel tonight, Lord, that you would bring us back next week ready for another lesson, for another um, wanting to hear your truth, Lord. I pray that you would build us up every day, Lord, to bring lost souls to you, that we would take on the full armor of God, Heavenly Father. I pray that you would guide us and direct us this evening, watch over us, place your shield of protection around us, Lord, that we give you everything of us. 
I pray that Lord, whatever veil is between you and uh, between you and us that is keeping us from having a relationship with you, I pray that you would take it down. Watch over us this evening, I pray, Heavenly Father. Guide us and direct us. Lead us into your truth. Lead us into all truths. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.